0: this Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. This week, Joita speaks about disability and aging with Ann Lee, a researcher at Nanute University in Ireland. That's The Pulse this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on AMI-audio, also available on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthun.
1: Let's get to our weekly app update. We do this with John Beeler every Friday.
2: Hi, I'm John Beeler, technology expert from Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramya, where I share the latest app, mobile, and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security, we'll cover the gamut.
1: John. Uh, important updates on today's uh, app update. So, really, namely, but first, let's talk about, or I guess one of the updates. Let's talk about the um, government, Canadians, and Google reaching a deal on the um, News Act. Sorry, my script is going crazy right now. Okay, on the online News Act. So, tell us what's going on here.
2: Yeah, this is part of the ongoing, I guess, issue that we've had in Canada, yeah. where a lot of uh, of the Social media sites uh, are currently battling with the Canadian government, for Bill C-18 and the Online News Act, as you mentioned, okay. and Google is the first group to actually come to a deal with the Canadian government. Uh, originally, Google had, um, uh, or got, the government had estimated that Google's compensation for the amount of content that is flowing through Google News and other Google properties was estimated to be... 172 million per year. And uh, the government was very adamant and very strong language about not backing down. And then all of a sudden, Google said, Well, what if we give you 100 million? And uh, the government said, Sure. So um, basically, that's what's happening now. Uh, the government will be dealing directly with Google. Google will be paying this to the government, and then the government will then be distributing it to the news organizations uh, throughout the country that it deems are worthy of uh, a piece of this big pie, which, you know, right. interesting. In, the, in the media landscape, this is an enormous amount of money, especially for Canada. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how this is going to be divided up and yeah. also um the ongoing sort of negotiations if you will although i wouldn't say they're really negotiating because talks with meta haven't resumed and meta actually is already
1: blocking canadian oh yeah it's frustrating as hell
2: yeah so um but uh, interestingly google hasn't even wasn't even blocking anything this was all you know part of a bill that's coming in you know next year um but meta said no we're out and started Mm -hmm. blocking it so and they haven't resumed talks um, we talked about this, I think, a few months ago, about how uh, in Australia, a similar bill was in place and Google uh, was able to negotiate. I don't recall if Meta did it or not. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because this is going to really set the precedent for... Like a
0: blueprint uh, for it, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Or could be. Yeah,
0: Could be. Yeah. Uh, and and also I think this countries. was offered earlier, wasn't it? The 100000 Google did offer earlier... And Canada said, well, no, no, the 172 that you quoted, John, that kind of thing, was what they wanted to stick to. And here we are arriving back at the same position. Um, And I know some of the question for some people out there is bodies like the CBC, who have so many journalists and that already there, but yet are getting money already. From, from the Canadian government whereas we're talking about the protections that this gives like you said it's a, a, a decent chunk of change um if if, if allocated correctly and and, and nicely um, to help out so many journalists that are out there and we've already lost a lot.
2: That's exactly it. It's it's really the redistribution of this uh, agreement, uh, and hopefully this is, is the first of many agreements that are going to come to help benefit uh, Canadian journalism uh, in general, um, and maybe you know keep a few more of these smaller um, uh, outlets alive uh, in this really interesting time for uh, journalism in Canada.
1: Does it feel satisfying, John? Like, was your first reaction when you heard about this agreement in, you know, who played what hand uh, and how long we've been kind of frustrated about this when, when the original news or uh, act came out, talk of it. Does it feel satisfying to know that this is a good landmark? Uh,
2: it's a good starting point. Mm. I mean, this is couch change for Google, so uh, it's 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 nothing to them uh and you know i think more importantly facebook has or meta has already sort of proven how negative this can impact canadians by blocking uh news on uh instagram and and facebook so um, and I also have seen a lot of uh, outlets across Canada being really frustrated about not having a proper system in place for distribution other than their own website uh, or maybe Twitter, which is you know on fire as we know. And mm-hmm. uh, and so Facebook was sort of one of those safer places, uh, weirdly and ironically, because yeah. the comment sections are always a hellscape. But um, you never know.
1: Yeah, it's more about like how much. I guess the news can be distributed. And once platforms start pulling out and saying, no, we're not going to take part, aka meta, uh, you start to really discover the percentage of content on meta that was news, right? Like now, if you try to scroll, y- you realize like how much is actually just blocked content now, which is... Unbelievable! Like I don't think any of us go into it really understanding uh, all of it was a lot of what we saw are reposts. We took it for granted. Yeah, yeah, a repost, and where we go for our news. But you know what? It makes us conscious, right? Like that's that's what's interesting about this, um, especially about the different corporations and their stance on this act being passed in Canada. Uh, So, anyway, for me, I think it's important that the government did take a stance on like systematically creating some change around what media outlets do um how we need to treat our journalism and you know who needs to take part and how we do them fairly
0: well yeah you don't want to lose journalists you don't want to lose everything to where we
2: lose but it was going to be chaotic we
1: knew that you knew that yeah
2: Yeah. and then that was what you had to do go ahead john well, I, I think at the end of the day, what all that matters is that a deal was done. Because exactly. if there was no deal, that would benefit nobody. Oh yeah, we'd be screwed. That's yeah. right, and and
0: for no reason other than just digging heels in. Um, let's stick with a bit of Google talk. The reminder you've got for us that Google is starting to purge inactive accounts, John.
2: Yes so basically uh December 1st today uh is the uh the the start of the phased deletion of any inactive accounts um this is something that we talked about uh I think in the summertime uh around May and uh, basically Google is going to be deleting any accounts that haven't been uh activated, used, logged into uh starting now. And um it, there's you know a lot of people have Gmail accounts maybe they created for a certain purpose uh-huh. or a certain event or something like that and they never logged into it again. Or in my case I have a number of sort of Google aliases accounts that I have um that forward to one account. Um, but I haven't logged into those accounts in years. And it's a little unclear for me if those accounts are going to be in existence anymore. Um, In some cases, I can't even find the login information for those accounts. Um, But what's really interesting is that you're going to have to log in or send an email or um, basically just be, using that account in some way. And it could be as simple as looking at a YouTube video with that account logged in as, to sort of keep that account alive for an additional two years. But essentially every two years, Google is going to be uh, evaluating your your account to see if you've used it. And if you haven't, it's going to be slated for execution. <laughs> <or> slash. <WG.
1: laughs> to remind us, why are they doing this? Like, do they have an intention behind this or are they just saying, hey, we need to clean up?
2: Um, well, I, I think it's, I think it's a couple things. I think one of it's, it's just spring cleaning. Cause there's probably, I would think probably millions of accounts that yep. are in this kind of state. Um, so it's, you know, it's good for them to sort of free up some resources. Um, also these, these kind of accounts, they could easily become exploitable accounts. Uh, you know, you've got an account maybe from a relative that passed away that mm. hasn't been touched. And yes. if hackers can get into that, who knows what, kind of access they can get to those types of things. So I think this is, you know, a fairly good um, uh, house cleaning kind of thing to do. Yeah, it makes like sense. an account management system for Google to sort of say, hey, you know, if you're not using your account for two years, think about it going away because yep. uh, we can't just continue to maintain millions of unused accounts, <laughs> uh, taking up resources and basically uh potentially filling up hard drives depending on how these accounts are used yeah
1: will we be and getting I would forewarned? Also imagine
0: that would chase some of that bot behavior too right because it has to be active yeah. enough mm-hmm. um and, yeah. and that, sorry Ram.
1: oh no i was just gonna ask if we're gonna be forewarned like will they give us a heads up i mean it's december 1st already so yeah and, and this is a rolling... this is just heads up <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: This will be a rolling thing. Um, One thing that Google does say that you should do if you have any accounts that you really care about and don't want to be deleted, um, every once in a while when you log in, it'll ask you, do you have a backup email address? And that is where they're going to send an email saying, hey, this other account you're not using, we're going to delete it soon. So you better go log in. And they'll send notifications to that email account and also your backup email account. So I think They're going to let everybody know multiple times and you really have no excuse as long as you've added an alternate email address or you're still actively using that account, in which case it doesn't matter because you're not going to be deleted. Okay,
1: nice. Uh, Let's spend a couple of minutes talking about this other thing. It's iOS. So there's a new name drop feature and we're wondering if it's actually safe and this is on iOS 17.
2: Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about this feature both good and bad um there's been a number of uh viral tiktoks and other social media uh videos about how people can literally just get all your contact information by being near you in the supermarket or some other thing and this is like the far-
1: airdrop stitch, right what, remind yes. us what the uh, name drop is again
2: so name drop is uh, if you bring uh, two iPhones or an iPhone and an Apple Watch uh, or an iPad or any anything that has NFC technology in it, um, basically you bring in, um if I come close to your phone, Ramya, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to offer me the ability to send you my contact information. This is oh, uh, God. There used to be an Apple bump. Who uh, thought this was a like, good
1: idea, John?
2: This is like the business card thing, right, this... John? At the party, when you're too hammered right, up, and you, hey, right?
1: Right. Okay, that's what it was. Contact. Yeah. And yeah, you know yeah. what? When you say it now, it honestly sounds like a bad idea. Okay, go on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the, the thing is, you can opt out of it, and this is something sure. that Apple has said. You just go into the AirDrop settings and Bring Near Device is a toggle. You turn it off, and that function won't happen. Um, I think it's really handy, especially you know maybe you turn it on just for those uh, those mixing events yeah. that you're going to. Um, But it's really nice because you get to share this really nice sort of visual business card with somebody new very easily just by bringing your device really to the very like within centimeters of the other device so it's highly unlikely that uh this is going to be triggered accidentally unless you're like in a crowded elevator or something and even yes.
1: then the, the hackers are just are waiting in the wings well
0: it, it's kind of yeah. like fist pumping right hey nice to meet you and so you know doing the and <laughs> zoot, zoot, there you got my card now yeah, thank ideally,
1: you ideally ideally guys yeah. and the, yeah, the hacker the working is, the elevator bringing right
0: everybody to right the fast. meeting it's
2: yes right and, and also you have full control of what you're sharing. So it's mm-hmm. not downloading your entire contact list to this other phone, okay. which is what the videos have been saying, which is completely false. What's interesting though, there's been a number of police departments in the US, uh, unfortunately uh, have said this feature is a security concern. Clearly they've never used a computer before because <laughs> it's not true. <laughs>
1: Okay, so so clarify again for us one more time. Is this actually unsafe, or is it just a lot of hearsay and worry that's going on?
2: It's a lot of misunderstanding of mm. the
1: technology. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. NFC is not—it um, it is a fist bump.
2: Essentially, and it has to be a very coordinated fist bump. So yeah. yes. you know those awkward fist bumps that are air bumps. Yep, that won't happen. The blind
1: people yes. fist bumps. Okay, good. Yeah,
0: I'm missing you. Where are you? I'm, <laughs> I'm shaking hands. What, John? Did you leave?
1: <laughs> yeah, we celebrate when we can fist bump. Okay, John. Thank you That's for clarifying. Right. We got punching someone. We'll talk to you next it. week.
2: And guess what? No AI this week.
1: I know. <laughs> it's She's
0: depressed now. I got to okay. put up with it now. Look what you've I'll done. I'll bring it up later. <laughs>
1: Thanks, oh, John.
2: Gosh. Thank you, guys.
1: John Baylor joins us on our app update. That's on Fridays, uh, talking a little bit about NFC and the name drop feature on iOS, and reminder for you Google people that they're uh, getting rid of our accounts if you haven't used them.
0: Free hockey chat coming up, ladies and gentlemen. My goodness, I'm sort of surprised. An NHL referee had an unusual sound bite at a recent game. Mark Phoenix will tell us more as he sits in for Bill Shackleton on the Buzz next. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv.
2: I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host, Alex Hajar, and I spill the tea on what it's really like
1: to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.